Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. Your host, Mr. Jono Petrahilos, currently generates over a million dollars a year selling his online courses. And now he teaches you how to do the same. Along with listening to our podcast, make sure to join the Course Creator Community Facebook group. It's one of the largest and most engaged Facebook groups in the space. You'll find the link in the show notes. Anyway, let's get to today's show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because we've got an awesome guest on the line here all the way from Cancun, Mexico, or somewhere close to Cancun that I can't pronounce the name. So we're just going to say Cancun. A little bit about this person. She's the creator of Launch Therapy and Sold Out Services. Um, She helps online service providers fill their practices and group programs with integrity and ease so that they can bring their favorite clients in consistently without suffering from launch, burnout, or hating the process. So without uh, further ado, let me introduce the one and only Tavana Denise. Tavana, how are you? Hello, and I'm so excited to jump into this topic today. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you on. Just before we dive into it, Tavana, give us a bit of background. Who are you? What do you do? How did you get into it? <laughs> Who am I? I in am five so minute, many in five things, minutes, in right? five minutes or less as well. <laughs> right. Right. I'm so many things after four plus decades on this earth. But essentially these days, I consider myself to be a launch therapist. I am an intuitive business coach and I am a certified master coach. And how did we get here? Actually, my background is in healthcare. I was a physical therapist and hence the name Launch Therapy because through my trajectory in business, I started an online marketing in 2008, but I had a physical therapy contracting company prior to that, an alternative fitness event company in Atlanta, Georgia, where I was for many years before I got to Mexico. And I put all of those things together and really realized that launching is really throwing a party or having an event. Mm. And so once I realized all that, I started teaching people how to launch. And through that process of teaching people how to launch, I noticed something very fascinating, Jonah. It was brilliant people, hard workers, high achievers in their previous life, get into business and freeze up, especially when it came to launching. Even if someone was doing quite well and successful in one-on-one, when they went to transition to have a course or to do a group style program, something was happening and I could not put my finger on it. And so that, that caused me to try to figure out like what is happening to these brilliant, successful people. And I started noticing trauma or stress responses. If you've ever heard of fight, flight, freeze, whenever we are stressed out, we think we're going to get chased by a bear, a lion, a tiger. We go into one of those protective mechanisms or stress responses. And that's what I was seeing in my clients. And so in trying to heal that with them and my background as a physical therapist, which all I did, or y'all say in Australia, physiotherapist, (laughs) all I did all day was to look at dysfunction and pain in movement systems. And a business is the process of moving a person from a potential client to a paying client. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I started doing with people. I took the background and the skills and the knowledge and the expertise I had in the way that I view systems of movement in the body and apply them to business. Love that. That's why you've got such a unique perspective because I don't know anyone else that has that uh, similar journey there. 
Well, Tavana, today I want to speak about an aspect of launching, right? We spoke before the podcast and we we're like, oh, should we speak about, you know, how to have a successful launch? And Tavana was like, we can, but I mean, everyone does that, you know, like you're only just probably sick of it. Let's go on a different angle. So the topic we're going to speak to about today, the five failure points of a launch and how to save it if it's not going to plan. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Tavana. Should we list the five points first and then we go back and okay cool let, let us know the first five just as like literally just what they are one two three four five and then we'll deep dive each of them one by one so yeah. what are the five well i gotta back up and give you a little bit of background too because oh. <clears throat> most of the time when people think of doing a launch and for our purposes of this conversation, I'm going to think of a launch as anytime you do an event or a series of activities to create buzz and excitement around your offer, your program, your course, yep. and you invite people to start at the same time, gotcha. then that's what I'm going to consider a launch. So it Perfect. can look like a webinar, a masterclass, a workshop, summit, um, challenge, multiple live stream series. Those are usually the types of, those are the styles or the types of launches that people do. And so when we think about that, I wanted everybody to have the same context as we go into this conversation. Most mm -hmm. of the time people look at, oh, do you have the six figure slide deck? So mm -hmm. if you're going to do a webinar, I'm going to give you the slide deck. And this is the one that I use to have, have a multi five, six, seven figure launch. And people wonder, well, okay, I had the perfect words. Why didn't it work for me? And I had that same experience where a, a very successful coach of mine said, this is the slide deck. This is it. I have used psychology and persuasion hacks in this, and it's going to, it's going to do it. Right. And even with that slide deck, with the templates, with the framework, not the words, because they have a different niche mm -hmm. than I did. Yep. I spent 20 clock hours in the chair trying to finish that webinar and fix it for my niche and my program, my offer. And I got zero signups. Mm. And I was like, what the heck? This is not what was supposed to happen. They told me this is the six figure slide deck. Like I did the things, like I did the things, what happened? And so that was my first realization that something else is at play here that I don't know of, or that they haven't clearly communicated in the process. Because I know if... I know you're a hard worker, Jonah. I know if mm. you're listening to this, you're a hard worker and you know how to follow steps. Mm. And there's so many people that are doing the things that are supposed to get success and not getting success. So I put my physical therapist hat on and I said, why is this not working? Where is the dysfunction to break down in the system? And I realized that there are five failure points of any launch and they are this. The first one is the people have to see it. They have to see that you are doing an event. The second mm -hmm. thing is that they have to sign up. The third thing is that they actually have to show up, whether that's live or via replay. Mm -hmm. The fourth thing is that they have to stay until you make the offer. Mm -hmm. And the fifth thing is that they have to take you up on the offer. Yes. So whenever I am looking at someone's launch, I am looking at each one of those aspects. Okay, because so what I find is, and I think about launching again, like an event or a party. So many people spend all the time, just like I did, 20 hours, getting the caterer, yeah. finding the DJ, decorating the house. It looks amazing. Mm. But I didn't have really enough attendees. Mm. 
So that meant that not enough people saw the event. The second part where it breaks down is, okay, maybe you have traffic going to your landing page or what I would call your invitation, right? You have to invite people. So maybe you you have that traffic going there. Maybe you have affiliates. Maybe you're doing paid ads. Maybe you're posting on social. People see it, but they're not signing up. Mm. We got to figure out what's going on there. That's the second area where it breaks down. Okay, well, they saw it. They signed up. Now the next piece of the puzzle is they have to show up because it doesn't matter if you added a thousand people to your list, if they didn't show up to see what you had to say, Yeah. because the webinar, the masterclass, the summit, the, whatever you're doing is your, your value into the mm. world, your context so that they understand that you can help them. So see it, sign up. They got to show up, whether that's live or via replay. Then the fourth part is, okay, sometimes you got them through all those three parts did they actually stay long enough to hear the offer? And I, I find that this is where a lot of people who try to go evergreen or they want people to watch replays, that's where it breaks down. Mm. Did they stay long enough during the replay? Mm -hmm. Usually we can get people to stay. If they show up live, they're going to stay till the offer. Yeah. Unless something goes weird. But when people try to do evergreen launches, did they stay until you heard the till they heard the offer? Now, I just want to take a minute and let everyone know if you're a course creator, you've already got a course and it's not quite selling, uh, or if you're still in the process of putting your course together at the course creator community, we actually have a VIP group coaching program. It's the best program of its kind and the most affordable as well. So if you'd like some extra help and guidance in either putting your course together or selling your online course, I recommend joining the course creator community VIP program. I'll put the links down in the show notes. And then finally, if they hear the offer, do they take you up on the offer? And those are the five places where any launch, I don't care what type of conversion mm -hmm. event, launch event, enrollment event, whatever you call it, doesn't matter what, what type of event. If you don't walk them through each one of those spots, you are not going to see the results that you want. Yes. All right. Well, let's let's deep dive into each one of these. I think the first one to me is pretty kind of straightforward. It's like, hey, you know, you got to be, you got to get people in there, or you got to get, um, you got to be seen, right? You mentioned a couple of things before. Is it affiliates? Is it ads? Is it socials? I think everyone listening to this kind of understands that. If you're going to have an event, great. You know, you got to promote it somehow. So I think that one's pretty straightforward. Uh, let's dive in maybe from number two. So let's say someone's got this. They've got an audience, or they're they're doing some sort of marketing but no one is signing up. Any tips there, Tavana? Can you give us a, a couple tips on what they may be doing wrong or some tweaks they can make to improve that um, that ratio? Yeah, totally. Well, it actually goes back to step one is the first tip because you can have a you can be running a lot of traffic to a page, but if it's not the right traffic, mm. if it's not the right person, yeah. because like say we're having, we're having a, a toga party yeah. and you start, telling grandmas about mm -hmm. the toga party you could have told a thousand grandmas yeah. but they might not be interested in a toga party yeah. so we have to first back up and make sure are the right people seeing this event 
Gotcha. And then once we go there, are they signing up for? So this is the part where you you may need to look at copywriting. Mm-hmm. Are, are we saying, are we giving enough of the information? Are we giving the right information? Are we making it enticing? And I just like to keep it simple. If anybody has done a journalism mm-hmm. class, we know that they need to know who, what, when, where, and why. Yeah. Like just, it's, it's simple as that. And we can get into a whole conversation about copywriting, which is really just words that sell. But if if we're just trying to keep it super basic, who, what, when, where, why? Yes, I love it. And I, I guess my take on, on that as well, I love what you said, where it's got to be the right people. And then I think also from the service provider or the course creator, they've got to know their ideal person, right? If you know your ideal person, you will then know the topic because it could be the topic, right? It could be like you're just putting it to the right people, but it's not the topic that they want. If that's the case, that's kind of your bad as the the course creator, because if you know that audience, you should ideally know what topic they want. And then that kind of follows onto the the heading or like the title of the webinar or masterclass or whatever it is. Like Mm -hmm. if you know your audience, you're getting in front of the right audience, you should know the topic, you should know the headline and then the, the copywriting as well. So if that's not working, something there. Totally. And, and I want to just add to that too. And this is, this is like, not even an advanced move. Like to me, it just makes so much sense, but people miss this. So you were talking about the right audience. And if you, if you know the right audience, or if you know your audience, you should know which topic. And I would take it a step further because we're talking about moving them down the line and the fifth step, them be them taking you up on the offer. Mm. The last two steps, four and five, I was talking about the offer. So, so often what people do is they just even if they do know they their audience, they just pick a topic or a title off the top of their head, which may be relevant to their office offer uh, to their audience rather. Mm, but gotcha. sometimes it's not related directly to the offer, yeah. and that is the most important thing. And obviously, if you have an offer that is relevant and resonates with your audience, all of these pieces need to work together. So, so if we're doing a launch and we are doing this event in order to invite people to to join us in our programs and our courses, we need to start with the course. Mm-hmm. And when I think about topics and titles and things like that, that will be a natural lead into the offer, we, we've got to determine how do we want to set this up? Are we looking at like a bit size or a sample of our course or our program? Or are we looking at sometimes we they need to learn a little something in order for them to be ready for our course or our program? Or sometimes they, people choose to take just a little bit off of the top of each part of their, their module so that they're, they're getting a, a sampling, if you will, of the course or the program. So those are really like three ways that you can think about coming up with your topic or title, but always making sure that you're anchoring it to the offer so that it's just a natural progression. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. The next up is showing up. Now, this is an interesting one because this is one that I struggle with myself. Whenever I run a a masterclass or, or webinar, I always get a heap of people register, but in the show up rate, like I'm lucky if I get 10, 20, 30% is my record, you know? Um, And then same, the flip side as well. I sign up for all these webinars, but I never go. And even like, even like today, there's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Twilio. They've got an event in, um, in Sydney, a live event, actually. They look like Mm -hmm. a text message brand, Twilio. Um, And I was going to go, I was like, oh yeah, I do a bit of text message marketing. I might go. 
but I, it's in a couple hours. I'm not going. I can't be bothered. So I'm curious here, Devina, what what can we do to um to get more people to it? They've signed up. You know, they have someone interested. They've signed up. But how do we get them to actually attend? Yeah, well, I've seen people do different things to get people to attend. So we we already know if you charge for it, yep. the likelihood of someone coming is going to be greater. But oh, if yeah. you charge if I, for it, it's going to decrease the likelihood of people signing up. So there are pros and cons to that. Yep. Um, I think about like, you could even think for yourself, Jonah, like, why did you, you're like, I can't be bothered. And then the question that I have is like, why can't you be bothered if it's something that is of interest to you? Like, and then too, even thinking about this, you're like, I kind of do text messaging. Sometimes it's of interest to me. So Mm. interest versus like desire or need are Mm. two different things. Yes. Like, so part of it is, is this something that your, your audience, your ideal client is interested in, or is this something where they're like, I gotta have that. Like I need to know that, or I really want to know that. Yeah. Um. So that is another thing. And then I also think when I talked to my clients about like really sit and think through really, this is where you really have to be intimate with your ideal client. What are some of the barriers to them actually moving forward? Is it the time of day that you've chosen? Is it the structure? I had a client recently come up with a three, three hour a day, three day event, and then mm. wonder why people didn't sign up. Yeah. Well, her people were working mm. and that, that might work for an entrepreneurial group, but that's not yeah. her ideal client. Yeah. And so you really have to be intimate with your ideal client to understand the structure, the time of day, making sure that it's a, a definite need or want you want to think about any other barriers that would keep a person from coming, showing up. Mm. Like, is it that they think it's going to be like everything else that Mm. that it's going to be boring that like what, that you're going to just pitch to them that Mm. you're going to tell them the what and not the how, like what really get inside of their minds. And again, this depends on your individual client, like us in the business space, they might have those kinds of thoughts. So you have Mm. to address those. Either you're addressing it on the sales page when they sign up, but I would venture to say not just during the the sign-up piece, you get to address that from the time that they sign up till it's time to show up. Mm. And what we find most of the time is that people send you those dry, boring old reminder emails. Like you're, we start at such and such. So what? It was already on my calendar. I know it's, I know it's coming up. Mm. So besides you telling me that it's coming, how else can you help me get excited about this thing? Bang on. Love those. I jotted down some notes that when you said, well, Jonah, why aren't you going to this Twilio thing? I've jotted down some notes and you covered most of them anyway, but I'll cover why not. Number one for me, it's the effort ratio, right? It's kind of like, oh, now I need to, you know, get in an Uber or get in the train and go into the city, go all the way out there. Like, and I know this is a face-to-face one, so it's a bit different to an online, but same kind of thing, you know, no, what's, the, really. what's the, yeah, there's still effort involved, right? Um, on top of that, also, I think I signed up for this like about a week and a half ago or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like maybe if it was the next day or that day when my excitement was high, I would have gone, but each day it's kind of decreased a little bit, decreased a little bit, decreased a little bit there. Um, there's no kind of, I don't really know exactly what's covered or what the outcome is. 
it's kind of like, hey, you know, Twilio's coming here. This is what we do as, as Twilio. Come and we'll, we'll have a chat and see if we can help kind of message there, you know? Whereas if it was like, you know, how to send text messages to, you know, increase your conversion rates by 10% or, you know, what doesn't have to be that, but, you know, whatever the um, the outcome is there, where it was like, oh, hold on. If I go to this and I just learn a couple things about that thing there, I'm in. But at the moment, I'm like, well, what are they going to cover? I know they've got a few other products. They're going to talk those products there. Um, you touched on these things as well. Like, I just feel it's going to be boring. I feel I'm going to go there and going to be just other people very serious this is about twilio and this is why we started as a company and this is our company values and nicest possible way i don't care about you tell me what you can do for me you know so there's that there Mm -hmm. um and there's no kind of yeah there's no excitement it's not like i'm getting emails it's like hey guess what we're bringing this speaker in here who's you know sold x amount of courses or this speaker here who runs this here or hey guess what there's this bonus if you come you get this free book or this free program or or whatever it is you know there's there's like there's nothing in it for me to kind of go uh, and then on top of that as well, I'm actually heading to um, America in a couple of weeks' time to go to the Funnel Hacking Conference and the Traffic and Conversion Conference, two of the biggest marketing conversions in the world. So I'm weighing up in my head, well, hold on, I'm already going to those two things there. Do I really want to go to, to this thing here? So that might be some some info for the listeners as well. You know, if you're like, okay, there are some, some he's, he's a guy live that signed up for something and isn't going, he's the exact steps why he's not going. So if you can reverse engineer them. Um, all right, let's go to the next step then, Tavana. So, you know, we've got got in front of the right people. We're getting traffic. People are, are signing up and registering and they're actually attending, you know. Um, yeah, they're actually attending. What's the next step? Now, we, you know, we've got our webinar or whatever. How do we stop everyone dropping off when we get to the pitch? Yeah, so this is a big one for a number of us. And it it's, it, I think about it in two places. So bear with me on the rule. There's the strategy part of it. There's the persuasion, psychology, all of these things. And we see it all the time, poor execution a lot of the time. So it's like when you can smell it a mile away. So there's that piece of it. But then there's the energy that we bring to it, where a lot of times when we get, we we have the slide deck, we have the script, we have the whatever that we're following. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Jonah, but in earlier in my career, it was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this part, we're about to get to the pitch. Oh, I'm yeah. about to start selling something. Yeah, yeah. And I could feel myself start sweating. I might've been excited to teach all the things, but the closer I got to where the pitch dun, 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 yeah. was coming, I started yeah. sweating. I started dreading it. And even if I was, I'm the same person. Yeah. I'm saying this is the same script. My energy changed. Yeah. And so it's almost like the, the dog sniffing fear. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's that energy in our whole being and our aura of like, something's weird. Something's off. Like I'm repelled. And so as our energy changes, the, the audience doesn't understand what's happening, but all of a sudden they don't feel right. And so that's when they're like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. So there's two things that we do. One is we have to understand what's going on for us, that internal conversation and unconsciously yeah. when we think about selling or pitching or however we talk about it, I've changed the language to inviting because for yeah, me, nice. it just feels better. So yeah. when I think about it as an invitation, 
I relax. Mm -hmm. I feel better. When I think about as pitching, AKA baseball, I played softball softball for many years. You're throwing something at somebody that doesn't seem good, Mm -hmm. you know? So it just, whatever you can do to feel better about that part of the process, then you do it. You want to understand how you're thinking about it. That makes your energy dip. You want to feel better about it. The other piece is so often we wait until that part to then ask people to do something with us. And so there's a concept called seeding where Mm. throughout the presentation, you are doing certain things to let people know that there is something coming, that there is something available, that this is not all that there is. This is how you actually work with people. Mm. And so there is a almost near seamless transition from I'm teaching you something and giving value. And here's the invitation to work with me. And so that is one of the things that I have to regularly help people with in Mm -hmm. one, the, the, the internal dialogue and the energy around the sale and how to really strategically place opportunities for people to recognize that this is not all that we're doing here. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. So good. So, yeah, okay. I'm going to give a couple examples there that I've seen um, with my friends and clients as well. So, I had this one client that like loved presenting, loved getting on the webinar and loved delivering all this value, but kind of felt bad about the sales side of things. And it was like, you know, they would, um, they they would, let's say the, the webinar was meant to go for an hour, like, you know, they would spend an hour just on content and then you could feel it like, oh, okay, now i got to do the sale. So I'll just quickly get this sale out of the way. And like, you could feel in their energy. It was like, they almost felt bad, you know? So if that's the case, you put, it, it, you're, you're working uphill. And Tony Robbins has this, this kind of quote, or I've heard him say it before, where he's like, it's kind of like the salesperson, you know, that's like knocking on your door and they're like, hey, you don't really want to buy this thing, do you? It's kind of like if you you go in it with that attitude, like you're not even sold yourself, you know. So that can can come across there. Um, I've then well, let me just just add to this really quickly. The the feeling bad when you feel bad, nobody wants to buy something from somebody that feels bad. Yeah. So just in in and of itself, like you feeling bad about this part of the process. And maybe it's some hang up around money. Maybe it's some hang up around the word sales or what it means to you. But I would just love to offer like, why should we feel bad about this part? after we've given and given and given so much value and think about how much better it's going to be when they take that little sampling and then you can feed them the rest of the meal. Yeah. And it's like, I'll share my kind of philosophy on sales. Like I love it. You know, a lot of people, I know you mentioned you prefer the word invite. You don't like pitching for me. Like 
it's no drama. Like I see sales as, as value in many different ways. And it's like, let's say I was running a, a 60 minute webinar. I'd love to wrap it up in 45 minutes and just be like, all right, guys, hey, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, hey, guys, I've got a couple of minutes. Is everyone cool if I run you through an offer that I put together? I'd be super excited to, to, is that all right, guys? Yeah, awesome, awesome. Look at this, look at this, look at this. And like, I'm almost more excited, right? Uh, I've been saying that. I'll share another scenario. I've got another client who's the opposite, right? One That first client I mentioned was very like, it's all about the value of the webinar. Let's pack as much value as you can in there. And let's, oh, I'll make a little offer at the end. And if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, like that's not going to be successful. Got another client that's like the opposite. That's just like, I just want to pitch, you know, <laughs> like just give me, get people on the webinar. I'll give them, you know, 10, 15 minutes of some content. And I'm just going to pitch for like 45 minutes. Right. Um, and she'd get complaints about that sort of thing. Right. Because like it wasn't, there was no seeding. You know, I think that's okay if you're, and like time is kind of relative. How long is the webinar meant to be or whatever? But like, it's a bit weird if you just give some content and then it's just like, right, I've got this program. Are you buying? Are you not buying? Why are you not buying? Like, there's no kind of seeding there, right? Mm -hmm. So what Tavana's mentioned there is you need kind of both of those things. The internal side of things, you've got to be excited to sell and and um, and happy to sell or invite or whatever your word is. Um, but also you need to kind of seed throughout. Otherwise it's going to be a bit of like, Boom, there. Um, all right, let's move on to the last one, Tavana. So let's say, you know, um, we got traffic going there. People are opting in or, or signing in. They're actually attending the webinar. They're actually staying till the end of the webinar. We're super excited. We're at the end of the webinar. We got 20, 30, 40, 50 people still there, but we don't make any sales. What did we do wrong and how do we fix it? And I know a lot of it probably depends on those first four points there, if you've done all them right. Um, but assuming you have, what are some little tips you can give us here? Yeah, so if they're not taking you up on the offer, sometimes people assume that they should take you up on the offer right then and there. And, and that would be great if we could control what other adult humans do, but we can't. And so what I find so often is people, they don't, it's almost like when you're doing on live and you see the numbers and you see them dwindling. It's again, like that feeling in the oh, stomach, yeah. like, Oh, I did something wrong. They're running away. And we, we kind of quit. A lot of times what I see at this part is people give up or they quit or they let their energy dip. The mm. other part is again, we're assuming that they should, or that they have to take action right then. And again, we would love for them to do that, but they are adult humans and they get to do what they want. So what we get to do is then follow up. And that is the part where a lot of people drop the ball. Yeah, They don't, it's, it's kind of like when I, if I bring back the party analogy, it's almost like the party was amazing. We get to the part where now it's time to cut the cake and share cake with people. And then that's when everybody else is, oh, I'm gluten-free. Oh, I don't like ice. And oh, mm -hmm. I'm on a diet. Oh, all of these things. This is where people's stuff comes up. And that's mm -hmm. okay. And we have to, we get to be in a place where we know that, especially if we've done all of those other four steps, and we mm -hmm. know that this thing is the thing that will help the person, the offer, the cake, it will help our person. Then mm -hmm. we have to understand either we need to address those uh, objections or then that also means that the offer might not quite be right mm. if you get to that part and you you see too many um, objections questions concerns around that so check your offer check your energy follow up yes love both of those it's like um 
Yeah, I especially yeah, I like both of them. I think the offer's good because it gives you kind of like live feedback there. It's like, okay, these people didn't buy it. Why didn't they buy it? Oh, okay, that reason there. Great. Let me go and add in whatever a guarantee over here, you know, or you know, it's whatever live on demand. Like find those reasons there and then use it to improve. And I love the follow up as well because it's kind of like, all right, the webinar ends. Obviously, you want to do in the ideal world, you've made as many or whatever the the, the challenge, the webinar masterclass, whatever. Ideally, you've done everything in your power there, but it's often not the end of it. Like there's there's this short term follow up, you know. There's obviously emails, phone calls, text messages, Facebook posts, whatever. But also the long term follow up. Like last time I did a webinar, every single person that bought off that webinar was someone that had previously spoken to me, whether it be a sales call or a a webinar before or a challenge or whatever it may be. Someone that I previously spoken to and not signed up, but now three months later or six months later or whatever it is, you know, signed up then and there. So it's like. It's not yeah, just because they didn't sign up then and there doesn't mean they're never going to sign up. And then in my other business, Fitness Education Online, I've had people that are like, you know, oh, Joe, I'm ready to sign up. I've been following you for four years now, and now I'm ready to to sign up. So, you know. It- that gets me all the time, like years. <laughs> like I've been open. I had a guy the other day tell me, I have read every one of your emails every Sunday for two years. Yeah. Just bought something. Yeah. So yes, I think that's important as well. In saying that though, I think there's got to be the balance, right? It can't just be like, oh, no one bought. That's okay. They're going to buy in six months time. I think, you know, there's got to be some things to be to make some sales um, uh, straight away. But if it doesn't, hey, not the end of the world. There's, there's follow-ups there. Well, uh, yeah, because to me, just, and you just illustrated this beautifully, every launch is preparing you for the next launch. So there are some people as when we do these kinds of events, what we don't realize is we're kind of creating a vortex, a magnet of energy around us. We're, we're, we're concentrating the energy around us, our offer and everything. And so we're creating buzz and excitement around it. And we have to let people have their process. So some people are a little bit slower to action than others. There are going to be, if you follow disc personality types, Mm. there are going to be the people that are quick to make a decision, quick to make an action. If we think about where people are in the awareness or buying cycle, there are some people who know that they have a problem, they are ready to solve it, and you are right there at the right time. And there are others who are, it's just a little itch. It's not a, it's not, it's not burning. It's not an emergency yet. So we we have to play the long and the short game here. Yes, I agree. Awesome. Well, there are our five steps. Tavana, there's a couple of questions I like to always finish up with. One of them is around mentors. Now, you're obviously a mentor to plenty of people out there who are launching and, and want to launch. I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been over the years. If you could answer this in a few different ways. If you could give us a paid mentor, someone that you've paid money to, you've done their their program or course or whatever it is, an unpaid mentor, someone that you haven't paid, but you follow them on social, listen to their podcast, whatever it may be, uh, and a book that you recommend everyone should read if they want to be successful online. So mentors, paid, unpaid, book. Yeah. So the unpaid mentor is my mom. There she we go. Is, she is the queen of sales when it comes to Oof. events. 
when it comes to events, because I learned everything I know about launching from her, when it clicked in my brain, watching her sell event tickets, like $75 tickets to a party one mm. time. And I listened to her as she went through the, the, the list of people that she wanted to invite. And I heard their objections and I heard her overcome. She didn't know that's what she was doing, but mm. I just, she's the queen of ticket sales. So she's my unpaid mentor. And then my paid mentor is Brooke Castillo with the Life oh, Coach yeah. School, mm-hmm. everything that I know about just really how our thoughts create our results in our lives and and how the model works and how we adjust that. And I think that's part of what I bring to the table too. It's where I was talking about the energy and what's the, the internal dialogue that we're having that came from Brooke. And I would say the reason why I'm in Playa del Carmen, Mexico is because of Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Awesome. All right. So, okay. So that's the book, the four hour work week. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Tavana, that's pretty much all I wanted to get through today. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people listening to this and they're like, all right, this woman is awesome. I want to connect with her. I want to follow her. Where's the best place we go to, to connect or follow you? Yeah, totally. You can reach me on Instagram. That's one of the main places I like to play. Tavana, T-A-V as in Victor, O-N-A, Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E, at Tavana Denise. And same thing for website, TavanaDenise.com. Awesome. I'll put those links in the show notes. Um, All right. Anything I should have asked you or forgot to, Tavana, or anything you want to finish us off with? I will just finish off with a a quote or a belief or whatever we want to call this that came to me one time that I think may resonate with people because so often we have this idea for creating a course, creating a program, creating a business, and we let doubt creep in the way. We let other people talk us out of it and things like that. And we, we butt up against our first failure if, and we're like, oh, this is terrible. I knew I shouldn't have done it and things like that. But I personally don't believe that the creator would ever give us a desire to do something, a vision for something without also giving us the means to achieve it. Awesome. Love that. All right. Tavana, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Hey, course creators, real quick before we get into today's episode, I've got a little favor to ask. As a lot of you are probably aware, one of my goals for this year is to get the, is to massively grow this podcast and get it to be one of the top ranking podcasts in the, the marketing space. Uh, to do that, what really helps is if I can generate as many uh, ratings as, as reviews as possible from listeners. So if you're a returning listener, if you could take a couple seconds and just give me a, a quick rating and review on Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you listen to, that would mean the world, that would mean the world to me. Anyway, let's get to today's show.